Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week, new edition of Houston Sports Weekly, a weekly podcast on KPRC 2 Plus. Click to Houston.com and wherever you can get your podcast, you can uh, listen in, you can watch. We are here to uh, hang out with you for the next few minutes. Randy McAvoy, Ari Alexander with you. Uh, hope you had a great week and uh, thanks for tuning in. We got a lot to get to over the next uh, half hour or so. And uh, we'll get to some Rockets and Texans news uh, likely there in segment two. But let's start uh, segment one. And uh, it, one of the good stories this week, the, the way the Astros have been playing. A uh, new series starts tonight against the Oakland A's, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Ari, I mean, you look the way the team's playing. What is it, seven out of eight now they've won? Yeah, and just swept the Cubs and going yeah. into a six out of nine against the worst team in baseball. So I think uh, Dusty keeps saying this phrase, you want to get distance from 500, and it looks like it's looking up. I think they're five games over now. You're playing the worst team in the league for two out of your next three series. Mm-hmm. The Brewers are solid but certainly beatable. And uh, I think there's a chance you can go something like seven and two over these next nine games and put some real distance. Yeah, uh, waiting on Jose Altuve. As you listen to this on Friday, there's a chance we don't know anything. The team hasn't announced anything. When you look at some of the the wounded coming back, uh, Jose Altuve is the next one in line for the Astros. And man, it's been a quick recovery. He's healed very fast ahead of schedule. What two week, about roughly two weeks ahead of schedule. I think that's what, yeah. what they were saying. He last weekend was with Sugarland, the Space Cowboys, for a few games and got in a couple of games with Corpus. But he hadn't really had results at the plate. But you know he feels good. It's just right now it's a lot of timing because he's been out since really would have been spring training. Yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot of correlation to results at the minor league level to how they'll do when they're they're back. You just yeah. want to see the guy be healthy and get your timing down because. At the same time, what if he killed it, right? Like, he's hitting 600 in AAA. Like, it's minor league guys. Yeah, like, who cares? He's Jose Altuve. Like, right. we know what he can do at the major league level. So I think you're probably going to see him back this weekend against Oakland, which is really, really fast. This is, like, best-case scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's good because every other guy that's been hurt for the Astros, it's been, like, worst-case scenario. Lance McCullers Jr. is probably coming back not until June. You got Michael Brantley playing in minor league games and then had to get shut down again. Like, these are all bad. And then Altuve comes in. In, has this you know freak injury breaks his thumb getting hit by a pitch in the World Baseball Classic and the best best case scenario was you get him back late May and we're getting him back late May. Yeah, and uh, so a lot of buzz. You and I were talking and some others uh, around Minute Maid Park. Okay, so Jose Altuve is going to come back whether it's tonight, the weekend, whatever. What are you going to do with Mauricio Dubon? I mean, here's a guy who's been one of the great stories of the Astros this season. To- Probably help them be where they are right now. They're over, over, what five over, four over, yeah. five hundred. But for a while, they were right at it or a little under. I attribute that to a lot of the success that Mauricio Dubon has had to to really give you a pop offensively that nobody expected when he was forced to really take over this job without Tuve being out. Yeah, it's good to see him go back to his regular role, and that's what makes Mauricio Dubon so useful. He's not an everyday guy. He's a guy that can do a little bit of everything, play second short, can play two or three outfield positions. Mm -hmm. If you need him to take over first, I'm sure he could handle that decently. He's a good defensive player, and Dusty can use him in various different ways as a late-inning defensive replacement and all sorts of these different things. And you get pop back in the lineup with Jose Altuve, which is something that Dubon doesn't have. I think one thing that's sort of missing from how nice of a story that Dubon is is that 
It's a lot of singles. Not a whole lot of extra base hits. There's not a whole lot of walks. The good thing is he doesn't strike out a lot, but from an OPS standpoint, he he's a sub-100 OPS guy, and so there's no power there. So right. whatever he's adding to the lineup, he's keeping things afloat, but it's not he's not standing out. He's not an above-average hitter. And so that's one thing that you are gaining back when you get Jose Altuve. Yeah, so we'll see uh, Altuve getting checked out yesterday, so we'll see what direction the team goes. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, the decision might be made. So uh, a lot of people think it's going to be this weekend, if not tonight, maybe tomorrow. But it's Oakland, and I was kidding with some of the officials with the Astros earlier this week at Minute Maid. I said, I bet y'all hope he comes back against Oakland because, you know, Oakland's probably the worst team in baseball. Ticket sales probably aren't great for Minute Maid Park. But you get Jose Altuve coming back, just like we saw at Sugarland. They sold out every game, and once he played, and uh, you know, I imagine the Astros would welcome his return. Yeah, the, of course. I mean, series. weekend series. You want to pack in Minute Maid Park. You, you want to see these Astros. I mean, potentially, they gen, genuinely they should sweep Oakland. Oakland's horrible. I would hope so. Yeah, and it, the funny thing is, they're yeah. throwing three lefties against the Astros. They, you see the way their pitching's lined up. It's lefty, lefty, lefty. And uh, what last weren't the last two in the Chicago series? Yeah, so you're going to see five lefties in a row. Crazy, yeah, man. that's crazy. Uh, let's talk a little bit about before we we have some sound coming up uh, after that walk off win they had on uh, on Wednesday night uh, against uh, the Cubs to wrap up that that series uh, sweep. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about Brantley though. I, I, that's a concern right now because here's Brantley, a guy you've been waiting on coming off the shoulder injury, uh, finally made it back to rehab. What appeared to be a pretty smooth rehab. He played what six, seven, eight games, something yeah. like that with Sugarland. Didn't hear anything negative. He hit the ball fairly decently and appeared to be okay. Then he had the setback, the dreaded setback. Enough where they didn't address it on the road trip. They actually sent him back to Houston. Uh, I think Dusty said yesterday that there was some improvement, but he didn't elaborate much. But that Man, at his age, I'm concerned right now. Have we seen the last of him? I mean, the inflammation is going down, according to Dusty, on that shoulder, the surgically repaired shoulder that he has. It was... Kind of a weird signing uh, to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that you know. It's a guy that's good in the clubhouse. The guy that people like. The upside of him is a very, very good hitter. He's an okay fielder. He's he adds to the lineup. So if he can be healthy in the playoffs, that makes your lineup super long. One through seven is, is almost impossible to get through when you just see the back to back to back the way that they stack those guys. Yeah. The issue, and I think one of the big reasons that they signed Brantley, is because there were really no other good options. And so do you take a gamble on a guy who could be injured, but that you know, like you know what you're getting in him personally, you know what you're getting him on the field if he stays on the field, versus we know the Astros don't like doing massive long-term deals. So do you spend $150 million, it took 162 for an eight-year deal to get uh, Brandon Nimmo? That's a spot they could have used to mm-hmm. put him in center. They're not going to spend $160 million on Brandon Nimmo. You look at, I, I can pull up the list. I have a list of all the free agents um, of the left fielders, mm-hmm. and it's just like nothing. You have here, Brantley, A.J. Pollock, who went uh, to the Mariners on a one-year seven deal, Joey Gallo, who is killing it for the Twins, but he's coming off the worst year of his career. Yeah. So do you Cameron take a risk Texas. on yeah. Joey Gallo, yeah. who had just the horrendous for the Yankees, and he's doing great right yeah. now for the Twins? But yeah. that was a risk at the time, and he's he also, by the way, signed for eleven million, so he'd be paying him one million less. Mm. You know. So before the season, or do you give five years, seventy-five million dollars to Andrew Benintendi? 
He's a solid player. He's okay. He's on the White Sox, but he also hasn't been as good as his peak when he was on the Red Sox. Yeah, a little injury prone. Too. Yeah, and then you look at the rest of this list. Tommy Pham struggling on the Mets. David Peralta, he's okay. Jerickson Profar took very late to get signed by the Rockies. Jock Peterson signed a uh, qualifying offer, so he wasn't even available. Corey Dickerson, Tyler Naquin, who I'm pretty sure is from the uh, Cypress area. Chad Pinder, who I know the Astros checked in on, didn't really want. And Alex Dickerson. Like, those are your options. That's it. Yeah. In left field. And then what? So what's the next step? Man, it's so like, then you keep Brantley, or like you look yeah. at center field, right? Like they could have used a center fielder. It's Nimmo, and then below that, right. It's Kevin Kiermeyer, good fielder, not a great hitter. Mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar, who was in AAA a bunch last year, and then like Michael Hermosillo, Magnera Sierra, Jackie Bradley Jr., Lewis Brinson, who the Astros got off their AAA team last year, yeah. and Cody Bellinger, Nobody who I sort of brought yeah. up, and Bellinger, right, just got hurt in Minute Maid. Well. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with Brantley. Uh, again, age is a factor coming off the injury he had and now the setback. Uh, be great to see him. But, you know, what, what bothers me is when they talk about should Brantley return, people, you hear some of the so-called experts saying just assuming he'll be inserted immediately in the lineup. And it's like, if I'm Dusty Baker with the layoff that Brantley has had, I'm not just throwing him out there in the lineup without hesitation how about you well i mean he's obviously going to need to play but i think that's why you probably keep it it makes sense to have if once brantley returns a one-for-one swap of Corey jokes because they sort of do the same things but you might need to ease him in play one sit one play two sit one play two sit one and that's where you need Corey jokes because he's been providing he's been okay Mm -hmm. uh and that's where i i think I'm a little worried for some of the guys that uh, that I like personally a lot that I think are going to uh, have trouble staying up in the Major League roster once you have Altuve and Brantley back. I think Cesar Salazar probably the first guy to go down once Altuve comes back. You don't necessarily need three catchers. Yeah, you like to see him just play, get some playing time, yeah, just try to stay sharp here. And then uh, I think Hensley's probably the guy that goes down if uh, Brantley returns. He's just kind of been struggling at the plate yeah. and. Uh, and Jolks has been a little better, and I think he, you know, once maybe Brantley starts feeling good and there's no inflammation and you can play him five days a week, then yeah. maybe you, you flip out Jolks for, uh, for Hensley because Hensley's got the positional versatility. Yeah, we'll get to that Astros sound in se- early segment two. We'll finish it off here in the next uh, three minutes or so. But I uh, want to ask you as well, when you look at, at this lineup, you've got uh, still the situation at catcher. you got John Diaz, you got Maldonado. There's still a lot of people that want less of Maldonado out there, more of Diaz. And Diaz, maybe a guy that's going to get consistent playing time. I mean, we know the gun that he has behind the, behind the plate. Uh, you got to get the bat going, but you don't want him sitting on the bench not getting reps. Well, got to have him out there when you're during the course of a week. Split them. More Maldonado, more Diaz, where do you stand on that? I would split them, but I, I sort of, and this is my guess, and I haven't asked Dusty about this, I, I could. My, I think the reason you're seeing so much Maldonado is because the Astros started slow. And Maldonado is kind of your high-leverage guy. If you need a big win in a big spot and a guy to take care of the pitchers when you absolutely have to have a win, even though he's got some deficiencies on the offensive side, you want Maldonado. He game plans, he does all these these great intangible things that you don't see. So the Astros started really slow. I think Dusty 
had a little bit of like, all right, we just need to keep putting Maldonado out there until we get some separation from mm-hmm. 500. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they have this good week this week. They get the separation. They get maybe to the top of the AL West. Then you start seeing more of probably what everyone wants. I assume Dusty also wants to see Yiner Diaz play a little bit or more rest for Maldonado because you can't have him catching 125 games and then expect him to have this big role uh, in the playoffs. I, he yeah. needs some rest, too. And last year, he didn't play that much more than the 90 games he needed to vest his contract. And they traded for Christian Vasquez, who is a really good. He just got a three-year, $30 million deal. Yiner Diaz... Yeah. Is a I really hyped, like Vasquez a lot. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, Yiner Diaz is a hyped prospect. He needs to play. He can play. And if he has more consistent playing time, maybe the hitting improves. Because you talk to any guy on the Astros around the league, if you're not seeing consistent at-bats, it is hard to get in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. You do that with Yiner Diaz where, you know, catches twice, sits, DH, catch, DH, catch, sit. He starts to get in a rhythm, and you might have a really good offensive catcher. It's something you haven't had for a while. And then you still get all the good stuff from Maldonado. It's not like Maldonado is going to quit game planning. He's a great team player. Yeah, absolutely. You love having him on uh, your roster and out there often. But if he's not producing offensively and he's your weak link in the lineup and you got a guy like Diaz who's got all that potential, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. Hey, before we go to break, uh, real quick, we'll go a little longer on this segment. I want to, and we'll address, I want to ask you about Alex Bregman too. We'll talk a little bit about that segment too. But real quick, Jose Abreu, here's another guy. That's been a major disappointment. And you look at Dusty's watching what he's saying when he's asked about it, but he keeps emphasizing, hey, when this went down, we did not have a general manager in place during the offseason, during this critical time. He was relying on, in this case, Jeff Bagwell and team owner Jim Crane to strike a deal. You could tell that's not obviously what Dusty wanted, and now it's kind of backfiring this signing paying him a lot of money and getting very little results and average defense as well. All right, uh, that's going to do it for segment number one here on Houston Sports Weekly. we got a whole other segment uh, coming up. We're going to take a two-minute break. When we come back, a little bit more on the Astros. we got some sound to bring you. We'll also dive into the uh, Rockets uh, news uh, post-NBA lottery, and uh, we'll hit on the Texans as well. Segment two, Houston Sports Weekly, coming right back. We'll see you in two minutes. Welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly. Randy McAvoy, Ari Alexander with you. Great segment one, talking all things Astros. If you're watching or you are uh, listening right now, we appreciate that. Uh, going on, uh, we're not quite to a year on this uh, podcast, but appreciate uh, all the folks listening each and every week. We just dive in, weigh in on our opinions, kind of what we're seeing out and about. And right now, a lot to talk about uh, on the sports scene in Houston with the Astros and soon Rockets and Texans as well. We'll get to them in a minute, but I want to circle back, if we can, on the Astros already before we have some sound we're going to run. Uh, Alex Bregman, we just we ended last segment talking about Jose Abreu. Alex Bregman's been a disappointment too, and he's the first to admit this is not the start he envisioned. He's always been a slow starter, but about now is when he usually starts finding his groove. Now, he's had some flashes in the last 10 days, which is – been a good sign after he uh, made that tweak. Yeah, that's one thing. I had some guys uh, that I talked to around baseball, uh, league sources, if you will, will discuss different things, and they're worried about Bregman. And I've gotten some uh, some messages like, what's wrong with Bregman? Is he going to turn it around? So, you know, Alex, big friend of the program yeah. here, but, uh, you know, he'll be the first to know when he's not playing it well. He's a guy that, uh, he's a guy that knows when he's good, knows when he's not. I think he'll be fine because if you look at the underlying metrics, he's doing all the same stuff he's always doing, right? Mm -hmm. He's striking out actually less. 
He's walking at the same great rate he's always walking at. He's not a uh, exit velocity monster. He never was. He never will be. He's a guy that it, it's more of a it's like a cerebral type of baseball, not just I hit the ball hard and it goes out. He yeah. everything has a purpose to it. The way that he hits home runs even has a purpose to it. It's mm-hmm. not like oh you know I ran into the ball and I'm big and strong and it goes out. Is a specific type of swing that he does using you know loading the scapula to flick it out over into the Crawford boxes. Everything has a purpose, and you saw that he hit a home run on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Not a big exit velocity home run. Not super Just crushed. Enough to get out there. It's the a- same exact thing he always does, and so I'm seeing enough of that. I think from Bregman that he looks similar to what he typically is. Mm-hmm. I think the average will climb. He'll be okay. A- MLB Network. Uh, I don't know. Several days ago, did a. They were talking about Bregman and the, his struggles so far this season and the recent adjustment he made. They were showing uh, kind of a side by side clip of where the bat, you know, that straight stance he's got or that he had. That bat's straight up, and then now, you know, now he's, he's resting it on the shoulder, bit, resting yeah. it a little bit, cocking it a little bit. Uh, you know, you could tell he's been working on it behind the scenes. I mean, he's a guy that's going to look at film, he's going to break it all down and try to figure it out because uh, it's unacceptable to him. He's the first to tell you that, but he's had some results since he's done that. I don't know what's helping with timing on the swing or not, but it's, he's got some results. That's, I mean, that's all it is for him. And he's a guy that every single swing he takes is watched back. If you watch, he's the guy that started the whole thing where you, you watch batting practice with the Astros. They have an iPad that they go up. And I was asking, like, do you guys have metrics on the iPad? No, it's just video. Mm-hmm. And so Bregman will take his little round of swings in the cage and he'll go back and just sift through and go, all right, what am I? And he's looking for these really specific, like, did I load my backside the way that I want to? Did I come to the ball? Did my foot strike where it needs to be? Yeah. Alex Bregman is a genius when it comes to all these tiny little mechanical details. That's what he thinks about constantly all day when he's not spending time with his wife and playing with Knox, right? But like you ask, it's funny where he'll give some, you know, some boring answers sometimes in interviews. Then as soon as you ask him about like the specific granular mechanical details, he just like goes in. He's got it down. He understands so much about hitting and and that's where like he knows what's wrong. He knows why he's not hitting and it's probably a minor mechanical adjustment. And that's why you see he's not doing the little his little mini Gary Sheffield thing he does. He's not doing it anymore. Yeah. The the hands are quieter. Probably something where they were moving to a spot that they weren't supposed to at a timing place they weren't supposed to. He's adjusting. Yeah, and one one minor adjustment can make a difference. Hey, we got some sound uh, in. We want to run now uh, about two and a half minutes worth from Minute Maid Park after that comeback win, the walk-off courtesy of Kyle Tucker. Uh, you uh, edited some of this as well. It's going to be uh, what Tucker? Who else was talking? Tucker Bregman, Dusty Baker, just talking about kind of the week that these guys have had, or at least the last few games where they've just played a little bit better. So let's uh, hear from some of these top Astros on how this week is going. Yeah, you know, I think it just showed the the character of these guys, never stopping, uh, continuing to fight. Um, obviously, we got down in a hole early, but our bullpen came in, did a really good job, um, and leaving it there and. Um, the offense just uh, continued to battle all day long. and um, I mean, Smiley was really tough. He's got really good pitches, so um, he was keeping us off balance. And then, well, I, I guess I saved enough uh, in the legs <laughs> for, the, for the first time for, for that one. No, Tucker would have killed me if I got thrown out twice. Thrown out twice after one of your hits. What were you thinking when you hit that ball and you thinking you know you had a good shot this score? Um... I knew we at least tied the game, and I was hoping Gary was, would send him, and he did. And he did a good job booking around bases and scoring there, so it worked out well. Uh, like you said, being down five runs, coming back, and you know the one inning to you know, complete a sweep, heading into Latte is nice. I mean, now we can enjoy it, 
you know, have the rest day tomorrow and come back, you know, for our Oakland series. So, I mean, it's really nice having, you know, collectively have a lot of good ABs there in the ninth against some really good pitchers. So, you know, that's kind of the bright spot. And, you know, coming back against a really good team is nice. You know, I always say you got if you can win eighth and ninth, you got a chance to win, win the ball game. Um, <clears throat> boy, we had some heroes, real heroes tonight. And, uh, you know, uh, the guys came through. Um, it was a wonderful win. That was the win of the year. I mean, that's, uh, boy, that's uh, that's great, especially right before an off day, too. So, and the thing I appreciate is that, you know, not many of the fans left, you know, and, uh, you know, it means a lot. It means a lot as far as energy in this building and, and you know, belief that your team can come back. And, uh, boy, our bullpen did the outstanding job. Um, boy, we were down to our last last couple guys in the bullpen. You know, we wanted to win it right then. And, uh, boy, that was big. That was real big. Well, you know, he was, you know, he was pretty good. I mean, he got, he got beat on his cutter tonight, you know, and, the cutter, all three home runs are on the cutter that didn't cut. And, uh, you know, when they don't cut, they cut over the fence. And, uh, you know, that's what happened tonight. But, you know, like we got him out of there just in time tonight. And uh, then our bullpen, you know, took over. All right, good insight there from the Astros uh, after that uh, victory. A good way to end that series. They completed uh, the sweep, which going in, you, you got to take advantage of the schedule against teams like Chicago and the Oakland A's uh, coming up this weekend as well. Start piling up some wins, but it's their third consecutive. Yeah, Anaheim, Chicago, and now the Chicago White Sox, now the Cubs. So three straight series wins. They're making progress here. You, you'll get Little four. Momentum. Yeah, you'll get four against the A's. You should. Uh, Milwaukee's actually pretty good, but I, you know, the Astros can beat any team in baseball. You, that should be five, and then you should beat the A's again. There's a, yeah. a chance that they can win six straight series and just kind of be what you're supposed to be. They're supposed to be one of the best teams in baseball. Absolutely. All right, uh, Astros uh, with momentum, and we'll see how it goes wrapping up this homestand and on the road starting next week. Let's shift gears now. Uh, I got a couple minutes left, a few minutes left in the uh, podcast this week. Uh, some some quick hits. Let's begin with uh, the Rockets post NBA lottery. People's dreams were shattered. <laughs> They're praying for Victor. It did not work out. Rockets, in fact, got the fourth overall pick, and you can almost feel it's like a balloon bursting. It, 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 everybody's a deflating feeling when knowing you didn't get Victor. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets may have been praying for Victor, but Victor was praying to not play in Houston, if you saw his reaction. (laughs) Be in sports, uh, which typically shows a lot of uh, international sports, soccer games, things like that, or in France. And uh, you saw the reaction. They announced him fourth, and Victor kind of does a fist pump. He didn't want to play in Houston. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that grew up, apparently, as a Spurs fan because of Tony Parker, the greatest French player of all time. So he's going to land where he wants to land, and now the Rockets are going to have to figure out what they're going to do. Do you keep the fourth pick and go for Amen Thompson, who's uh, in the OTE league? He's got a twin brother who's going to be drafted three, four spots later than him. Uh, as a guy who's hyper-athletic but not a great shooter, which sounds very familiar with a lot of the, the guys mm-hmm. in the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you trade up? Do you find a way to, to get up to three? Because a lot of people right now are saying that Brandon Miller could go at two over Scoot Henderson, and then you can get Scoot Henderson at three, which is going to be harder than to trade up to two. Uh, 
is James Harden going to return? Which kind of every every aspect of uh, people talking to the league is that he will. That it's just sort of yeah. going to happen. Hopefully, they don't give him like a four year contract. Uh, hopefully, if well, he apparently back, wants one. So. He wants one, but man. God, that would be a disaster. If you are going to bring it back, I don't think they should. But if they do, hopefully it's a shorter-term deal. So there's there's a lot of moving parts. And then uh, the coaching staff's got to get set with yeah. uh, with Ime Udoka. And he's got some guys. I think you see if the Heat beat the Celtics, I think this goes quick. Because there's a bunch of guys that were on Udoka's roster that had to go and, and coach with Joe Missoula yeah. that weren't necessarily Missoula's guys. They were Udoka's guys. Ben Sullivan is a name to watch. And then uh, Aaron Miles, another guy. All right, so uh, that's the Rockets' uh, latest, and uh, they will have the draft, uh, I think, June 26th or something like that, um, uh, later part of June. And uh, eventually we'll get to hear, as the summer progresses, we'll hear from you, May Doak, I'm sure, uh, moving forward. Real quick before we wrap it up, uh, Texans, OTAs resume. Next media session is going to be Tuesday, and we will, yes, we will hear from C.J. Stroud. He was not uh, made available at rookie camp, but the list came out, and he is going to talk on Tuesday. So I think a lot of people were looking forward to hearing from him. Yeah, and CJ's got a kind of an interesting personality. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's fun mm-hmm. to hear from. Uh, I think he sometimes says some stuff that he shouldn't say, like the day before the draft when he was talking about uh, the, the S2 results and things like that. But uh, I think he's going to energize the fan base because he's like, he's an interesting guy. He's personable and funny, and you saw that at the intro presser uh, with Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's. Like, he's got some personality to him and i think that the houston fans who just yes everyone wants to win but i think they want to be entertained and that's something that we haven't seen with the texans not only were they bad they were bad in an uninteresting way so even if they are bad this year at least they're going to be entertainingly bad it's something right like you got to improve to some degree yeah i mean hopefully progress people just want to see competitive football they're going to love D'Amico ryan just with his history here he's a very likable guy Good personality. I think we're going to get good sound from him at his news conferences. Uh, I don't know if he'll go in head coaching mode or not, but hopefully I think he will. Uh, yeah, he's going to be I fun to cover will. for sure. And OTAs uh, uh, continue next week, and then you got the mini camp, actually for a couple of weeks, then mini camps, middle of June, and they break for big camp coming up, I believe, July 27th is first going to be the first workout. So anyway, so that's plenty of Astros talk, uh, latest on the Rockets and the Texans as well. As we mentioned at the top, a lot going on uh, here in the H-Town sports scene, but we wanted to talk about it with you here on Houston Sports Weekly. We'll do it every Friday. Click to Houston.com, KPRC2+, and uh, we will hang out with you for about a half hour each week. So we'll say, say so long for now. For Ari Alexander, I'm Randy McAvoy. Have a great weekend, and we will talk once again next week right here on Houston Sports Weekly.